Welcome to Talk No Jutsu. I'm Smug Donuts here with my wife, Spiral Fish Cake, and we're here to talk about anime. Anime is an important part of our culture! On this week's episode, we're going to talk about some interesting side characters and some anime we've been watching, like My Hero Academia, Science Fell in Love, and Beastars. This is gonna be great! Now let's do the best we can to enjoy every moment of our so, Spiral Fish Cake, what are some interesting side characters, meaning like secondary or tertiary, not the main character that you really like? So, I think some of the ones that immediately come to mind are Meimei Oshino from the Monogatari series. That was mine. That was you yours? You can't take mine. <laughs> we can just talk about how we both like him then. Uh, fine. <laughs> He kind of seems to me like some old tourist that you meet, like bumming it out in the park or on the beach, and yet he's amazing and I love him. Doesn't Shinobu actually say that he smells? Yeah, and in the books, it describes him as literally a bum. Like, he's disgusting and he's supposed to seem that way. But in the anime, he looks so cool. He's got the cross necklace and he, he wears Hawaiian shirt. Like, the Hawaiian shirt look does not work for everybody. No. But on Meimei Oshino looks cool he does look cool he looks very cool and mostly just the way he acts he has such like a devil may care attitude almost mm -hmm. and like he always seems to know the situation better than anybody else other than maybe guy in and he seems so mysterious yeah i always it's feel like mystery. he knows something i don't know but yeah i always like him still like i feel yeah. like i can trust maymay yeah but like i shouldn't i also like his shoes <laughs> like i don't know how he traverses the world in those <laughs> shoes all the time i think there's supposed to be shoes that you can wear on in the world there's so many characters i like that have his kind of attitude that wear flip-flops yeah and it just makes me think of flip-flops but they have like high heels or something so he's like a next level of that kind of shoe style right one of my favorite things from him is in the movies where he jumps off that tower and he shoots down gosh I love that so yeah, much. That scene and then is he so cool. lands and he stops people with just finger and like his toe and it's super yeah. tight. That's easily my favorite scene with him. He does so many cool things. I think that's what it is about him. He like walks in at the most times that he's needed. He just solves everybody's problems. He's so chill and so cool. And I feel like there's so many people in that show that don't really put Aragi in his place or Aragi thinks he's Mm -hmm. cool or acts like right. he's cool but then may just kind of shows up and he's like haha Aragi, i'm here to solve your problems you're not that cool i'm cool i adopted shinobu <laughs> <laughs> what of it yeah he kind of helped <laughs> fix shinobu Aragi did most of the work i think but okay whatever i'll give him credit for that they're really close but yeah i just really like may i like his look i like his vibe who else do you really like? From the same show, I really like Kaiki. Yeah. I debate a lot in my mind, you know, because I, I think about anime a lot. You do? Yes, I do. Since when? Since <laughs> <laughs> for a while. Um, <laughs> you know, I think a lot to myself, do I prefer Kaiki or do I prefer Meimei? I feel like for the longest time, the answer was obvious. Like It would have been Meimei because I've annoyed you, I'm sure, multiple times by being like, where's Meimei? When's yeah. Maymay going to show up? I need to see Maymay. And then he shows yep. up and I'm like happy for that time that he's in the show. But Kaiki, for some reason lately, I don't know if it's because I've been playing a D&D &D character that is based off of him. That's made me feel more love for him. So you watch anime and play D&D. &D. Yeah. Are you judging me? What, gotcha. what is this? 
Anybody that has an anime podcast is already a big enough nerd. They don't need me making fun of them. No, judge me. <laughs> D&D's fun. If you don't play it already, you should give it a shot. It's fun. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I don't know if it's that or just seeing him more, just seeing some of his character development. He's just super pessimistic. But then there's stuff underneath that, you know, there's more to him than that. I feel like there's a lot on the surface of the way he acts, but then there's some stuff underneath. One of my favorite parts of Monogatari is when it's just him and Senjo Gahara. Yeah. And I think that's what really warmed me up is that part where... The Tagi end is the best yeah, part of the show so we've seen good. so good. And speaking of people in Hawaiian shirts, he looks just as cool in his Hawaiian shirts. In his mini colored, for some reason, Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> with his with his mustache <laughs> glasses. Yeah. <laughs> In the is it the eighties anime thing? Oh yeah, yeah the 80s we need to get a poster of that. Theme. That's so good. Yeah, that was so good. There is a poster of that I think that we could get from Redbubble. All the Monogatari things to get, but it's just it's, it's literally incredible. It's so cool. Well, I just, I don't think you realize that I really like Senju Gahara since I'm such a Shinobu stan. Yeah, but like you're a big Senju I, Gahara fan. I really like Senju Gahara. She was my number one waifu for sure in that show mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah, what do you like about Kaiki? Because I feel like you like him too. I do. I don't trust him as much as you do, though. I feel like you sort of identify with him and read good intentions into all of his actions somehow and like think to yourself oh well he did this because of that he did that because of this and i feel like you can sense more of his intentions than i can whereas i view him as like a closed book like somebody that you can't really read and you can't just assume his intentions because you know a little bit about his past whereas i feel like sometimes you're like oh well he has all this stuff but like at the end of the day he's trying to be helpful in this situation or that situation but i don't really feel 100 percent that way i still don't trust him I don't really trust him either, and he likes money. I know money is important to him. But then there are things that he does. He helps in Jogahara for free, right? Does he? Is he ever helping an Adaragi-related person for free, really? Or do we know? Who knows? I don't know. It just seems like he says one thing and will do another. I think he just likes to appear a certain way. I like all of his quotes. I forget exactly what he says, but essentially, like, fake is more real. And he talks about being an imposter. I just think that he likes being the kind of person that maybe doesn't reveal all his cards to people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he likes having things up his sleeve, I think, just for I can backup agree with that. plans or I can for agree whatever reason. I just don't trust him because I see his history mostly. I see that he's capable of some really serious evil, and we don't see it in the show, all the evil that we see other than Nisei Monogatari, right? So we only see it in Nisei Monogatari when he's evil. And other than that, he's kind of helping people here and there. But I just, I don't know. It seems like he has selfish intentions that I don't think we realize. And I think that we need to be more aware of his selfish intentions more when we're watching this. Oh yeah, I agree too. And I think that he definitely believes that he can trick people. I think he believes that the means justify the end. However, he gets to the end of whatever he's trying to do. If he has to do some shady things to get there, I don't think he'd have a problem with that. I just find him very interesting because I feel like I'm always kind of wondering with him, am I on the right track with how he actually feels or thinks or what his intentions are? I think I am. I think there's certain things about him that I know, but I don't really know them. And then he'll do 
nice things and then I'll do bad things. It's just fun watching him because I find him a fun character to watch. In some ways, I feel like him and Mei Mei are opposites because Mei Mei's kind of smug and Mei Mei's kind of calm and chill. But I also feel like he's mysterious too. And I don't always trust Mei Mei either. And then you have Kaiki, who's just very pessimistic most of the time and just kind of down and not a super funny sort of guy. Although he does things that are kind of funny. Like when he's <laughs> running after her, when Kampru's running away from him. Right. In that scene in the tunnel, she's just like running in that perfect upright position. That was kind of funny. <laughs> that, remember that? runner. Yeah. <laughs> we saw that. Spine straight while running. <laughs> we saw that photo. Perfect pose. Perfect form. <laughs> Do you think he like studied how to I perfectly think that, run? Yeah, I think that he's an Olympic medalist in running. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Secretly, and we just didn't know. Hmm. Good for you, Kaiki. You are both an imposter, a fraud, a fake, and an Olympic medalist in secret in running. Yes. <laughs> All right. Who's a side so, character you find very interesting? So I'll probably talk about this character as a waifu eventually, but I feel like it feels like perfect for this category, uh-huh. which I feel like a really interesting side character to me is Himiko Toga because she's obviously very side and it kind of fits with this pattern that we have of people that you can't necessarily trust. So Meimei and Kaiki, you can rely on their help, but you can't necessarily 100% trust them. And she's on the other side of that, which is that like she's going to mess you up because she's on the evil side. But I don't necessarily trust that she's 100% evil. She had a tragic childhood and she has desires that don't align with what a standard person views as acceptable. And so she got put to the outside and therefore since she was ostracized she probably just wasn't able to grow up like a normal person and she was left to become this sort of villain character but I think that deep down what she wants is she wants to know people she wants human connection but she can't get that because she also thinks that blood tastes good does she think the blood tastes good yes Okay, I just don't remember her ever specifically saying that, but you would know better than me. Yeah, she really likes blood. Do you think that in the My Hero world, there are characters who otherwise would be good if they didn't have their power? Yeah, Himiko Toga is exactly what I'm talking about. I think that it's because of her power and her obsession with blood that she has led to this. And it's sort of like this power has corrupted her in this way. I wonder if they'll ever go to her past and show what it must have been like for her. Because it doesn't sound like she had any friends ever. Yeah, and she sort of gets to know people by creeping up and being completely silent and watching them from afar. And then from stealing their blood and becoming them. That's how she becomes friends friends with people and it's really messed up but from her perspective you see that like all she wants is to get to know people because nobody will talk to her unless she's either doing something for them or she creepily watches them (laughs) she stalks them yes she stalks Um, them do you think that she's made real friends in the league of villains no i think that they all just have intentions for her they want her to do something for them i think she is definitely an interesting side character i think a lot of the people in the league of villains are interesting that's why (laughs) i like them as the villain group in the show they're my favorite villains in the show because they all are very interesting she's especially interesting she is big weird yes (laughs) 
So another secondary character that I thought was interesting is Wolfwood from Trigun. I love him. He is a preacher and he has a huge cross that he carries around. And I'm a sucker for when big crosses or like stuff like that become guns. They don't turn into bears. Be a big cross to bear. (laughs) Stop. No, they, they they turn into guns for whatever reason. It's so cool. You have a right to bear arms. <laughs> what? No, it doesn't turn into a, a bear, unfortunately. <sighs> you should really read the Second Amendment. This isn't armed girls Machiavellianism. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Wolfwood, he's so cool. He's really good secondary character because i just feel like his morals and vash's morals kind of go up against each other sometimes Mm -hmm. because there's friction yeah but they are good friends and i feel like he gives him good advice whenever he does show up in the show i feel like he's a good friend for vash and i always found him interesting i always thought he was super cool vash is a pacifist and then he's this preacher so you would think maybe he's a pacifist but he has a reason for the things that he does and it's a good reason and it's a helpful reason that makes sense but in him and vash are just different on certain things but yeah he's so cool you have to watch trigun with me one day (laughs) i know it's like more my type than your type of show but i love vash the stampede maybe one day looking at my poster of him up on the wall right now he is pretty cool in the posters that you have yeah i have two i'm upset though because in both posters for whatever reason they chose not to draw his glasses glasses? yeah and he looks so cool with his glasses but anyway we're not talking there's Hokage Naruto. This isn't about main characters. Can I just say, Hokage Naruto, who would have thought that the main character's dad would be such an interesting character? Every time that they show him, I'm always <laughs> so intrigued. So in, in Boruto, Boruto's, uh, Boruto's dad. Boruto has a dad and his name's like Hokage or something. Yeah. And Boruto's dad, he does the this shielding thing. We're not very far in it yet. You learn a lot about this Boruto dad guy and he seems really cool and he seems really to love his kids a mm, lot he's not around much yeah and i think it's really interesting because boruto really hates him for some reason and we never really quite understand why other than just that he's not around all that much you know i wish they would do a series on boruto's dad so that i could get more of an understanding of his background they should do a series on all these characters oh my word that would be great yeah i would love to see boruto's mom what she was like when she younger so yeah boruto's dad he's like (laughs) i think it's so cool he's like hokage and he does not seem like the kind of guy who would be hokage he just Mm. he seems to love the people too much he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's ready to make all the really difficult sacrificial decisions he seems like he wants to put everything on his back and like save all of his people i don't understand how you can have somebody like that be hokage when at the end of the day a figure like that really has to make these really difficult sacrificial decisions and he always is behind on his paperwork like seriously why did they pick this guy to be hokage they should really do a series on that him all his extra work you're behind that theory yeah i'm behind that theory that shikamaru is secretly tricking naruto into doing all of his work because he's lazy but i feel like that would go against his character arc you know his character development who 
Oh, uh, Shikadai's dad. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Shikadai's dad. Uh, he, he's kind of interesting side character. We don't really see much of him. He has a cool beard. Out of all the adults, I think he has one of the better designs. I've heard he likes playing Shobi. The adults do have interesting enough characters, but the character designs kind of suck. It's no wonder they focused on the kids. What? They do. I their hair sucks like boruto's dad's i i like it too i didn't say boruto's dad was ugly his hair's a little off all right this has gone on too long what this bit (laughs) 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 what this bit needs to die this bit needs to to (laughs) end i can light up its ghost blunt Like Shikamaru. (laughs) (laughs) Did for for (laughs) Asma. This is side characters. Interesting side characters. Well, hey, we could talk about some of the interesting side Naruto characters. There are no side characters in Naruto. You think they're all main characters? They're all main characters in my heart. You know what? I feel like Rock Rock Lee is definitely the answer. Is it great? <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite side character in Naruto and why Rock Lee? <laughs> They're all main characters except Rock Lee, who is deservedly the best side character. I feel like he goes away so much in Shippuden and it makes me sad because I loved him so much. And Metal? Much. It's like they took all the bad parts. Yeah, Metal Lee isn't really that big of a. What's up like with he's that? Not name? That much. Why Metal? Because Rock? Because Metal's stronger than Rock. What? I don't know. Ask don't know. ask Rock Lee. Who named Rock Lee, first of all? We never meet his parents, do we? Probably Clay Lee. <laughs> Who's Metal's mom anyway? I don't know. Some people think it's Ten Ten, but I don't yeah, really, right. I don't think Ten Ten would have let him name him Metal. Think... Unless she likes metal because her weapons are made out of metal. Anyway, I liked Rock Lee because I always felt like he was very peppy like he had a lot of spirit he didn't let other people bring him down and he likes I just... winking at sakura <laughs> i thought that was cute and you know what i don't know she thought he was weirdo and i knew that they would probably never work out but i hoped in my heart secretly somehow that they would be able to be together mm-hmm. but we all know how that turned out unfortunately but you know what his fight between gara and the tuning exams legendary yeah his recovery and bravery during his time of needing surgery legendary he is a legend i love him so what other characters another secondary character i really enjoy is karma from assassination classroom i guess you could argue that he's a main character but for this he's definitely at least a secondary character yeah for these purposes the blue-haired guy i don't even remember his name yeah the one that everybody for some reasons into he's cute little hair flippies yeah anyway karma I like Karma. He was one of my first anime characters that I really liked. I feel like he's just kind of crazy, and I like that about him. Maybe it's kind of similar to how you feel about Himiko Toga, but he just does some of the craziest stuff, Mm -hmm. and no spoilers for Assassination Classroom, but I think it's funny the path in life he ends up choosing, just based off of his personality. Right. But he would just say some of the funniest stuff. It always cracked me up watching him. I always thought he was more interesting than the main character, for sure, and I liked his assassin skills. He was just very bold. Yeah. He would just do stuff that nobody else would do. The stuff that needed to be done at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think, I guess he he did balance out Nagisa because he was very sneaky. Like, 
Nagisa's mm-hmm. very sneaky and unassuming. Whereas Karma's very wild and bold. And I always liked that about him. I just thought it was cool. It, he was really fun to watch. He made watching Assassination Classroom worth it. Not that it wasn't a good show to watch, but he was definitely one of the reasons I did watch. I always really enjoyed him. What about you? So one of my favorite side characters is this guy here. She's the cutest little thing. You should see her. I'm sure she's adorable, but stop calling me to gush over your daughter. And on a military line, too. Not just my daughter, Colonel. I gush over my wife, too. Yes. Hughes from Full Metal Alchemist is a beautiful soul. I love Hughes. Who doesn't love Hughes? He's so good. Oh, I love him so much. In terms of side characters, we talked about a bunch of people who were kind of like bad, kind of good. We don't know. But Hughes, obviously, is a hero. Everyone loves him. He is such a sweet guy. He's so cute with his daughter and his wife. Oh, he's such a nice friend, too. And so giving. He just lets everybody stay at his house whenever they need something. He's always there for everyone. And he's such a good friend to Colonel Mustang. And he's perfect in both. It doesn't matter which version you watch. You want to watch the original? Perfect. You want to watch Brotherhood? He's also perfect. Doesn't matter which version you're watching. He's a great person. So there's another guy, kind of like Hughes. Hughes's friend? The one with the fire? General Stop, Pinto I can't. or something? Colonel Cur- Mustang. General- oh, yeah. General Pinto. Sorry. Colonel <laughs> Mustang is the main character in my heart, so. Oh, yeah, he doesn't know. count? That's my husbando right there. <laughs> That's my number one husbando right there. <laughs> All right. We don't have to talk about him as a side character. I mean, we can't. I always welcome conversations. About For the record, this Mustang. isn't actually a list of interesting characters. This is just a list of husbandos and waifus we haven't actually <laughs> talked about. Oh my gosh. I love Colonel Mustang. He's so cool. He's one of my favorite characters in all of anime. He's a great character. No one told you that I can do pinpoint aiming? Too bad for you. Because I can! All the best fights in Full Metal Alchemist involve Colonel Mustang. The Elrics have cool fights too, sure. But he has the coolest fights of anybody in the whole show. And he has beautiful relationships with Hughes. He has a beautiful relationship with Frieza, Hawkeye. He's great. Another character I like from that, Havoc. Yeah. I really like Havoc. I feel like he doesn't get enough love. He is cool. He didn't get enough love in the story itself. No, he didn't. I ship him with the girl who is the weapons lady. Oh. You remember her? Yeah. She doesn't show up till later on. In in Brotherhood specifically. So my favorite secondary character overall would have to be this potato chip. I'll take a potato chip (laughs) and eat it. That potato chip. Yeah, so that potato chip. Another great one is the emo guy from Dragon Maid. Fafnir? Yeah. I hate this and everything it stands for. Kill me. I'm already dead inside. (laughs) He gets introduced over the phone and he's just like, I hate everything. Uh, I hate everything. (laughs) So do I, man. I I identify with Fafnir sometimes. It's like, yeah... Everything's just kind of the worst. Another great secondary character is Meanery from Toradora. The one we opened up this section with, her clip. Yeah, the one with this This clip. This is going to be great! Now let's do the best we can to enjoy every moment of our teenage years! She's a great person. She's so kind and sweet. She just makes everybody feel happy. And she voices 
Mako from Kill a Kill. Yeah. Who is also a great secondary character in Kill a Kill. I feel like there are a lot of great secondary characters. I feel like in some ways, secondary characters are almost, dare I say it, better. Yeah. Than the main characters. Like in this show? Hey, Tamuya. Uh, yes. I see you staring at my mom. You cut that out. Uh, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah, Tamoya. I consider Nagisa a main character. No, Nagisa's mom and dad. <gasps> oh, yeah! Akito and her mom, Sanai. Every single time. It, this happened multiple times in Clinad. And it never got old. He'd be like, yeah, Sanai's cooking isn't that great. This cookie doesn't taste that good. And she'd be standing right behind him. And she'd be like, what? And he'd be like, wait, Sanai, no. And she'd run out. And he'd be like, I love your cooking. And he'd be shoving whatever it was he insulted in his mouth to prove mm -hmm. to her how good it was. Yes. And that happened so many times. And it never got old. I loved it every single time. I just love him. He, he's really good. Yeah, he's so good. He's a great dad. He has so many good dad moments in that anime. I love those scenes because it just shows that he loves them both so much. And like, even though he doesn't love how the bread tastes, he still runs a bakery anyway and says that he loves her bread and it's amazing. He's so supportive, even when he's not supportive. Yeah, he's a funny guy. You can't help but like fall in love with them. Exactly. And, and another thing, too, that I really like about him is you can see in a lot of ways Tomoya and him are very similar. And you can just kind of see how sometimes they'll clash because that's, her, you know, her dad. And he just wants what's best for her. He wants to make sure Tomoya is doing like what's best for her. But then other times he'll be very vulnerable with Tomoya and he'll share why they're doing certain things a certain way or like information about Nagisa that he didn't know. You know what I mean? Just to yeah. help their relationship. And I just think it's cool i just love the way he treats nagisa i love the way he treats sanai and i love his bond that he forms with tomoya it's great i feel like clanad is the anime that most represents how i feel being an adult is like you just sort of go through all these phases of life and you're not always entirely in control of your future and you're not always entirely in control of who remains your friends right and you just sort of rely on family if you can or someone else's family if you have family to rely on, which Tomoya takes care of his family more than he gets cared by yeah, his family. So and he doesn't really take care of his family at all, really. Not a good situation. But in both situations, the family goes through a lot of struggle. But speaking of friends from Clanad, Sunahara is one of my favorites. I love Sunahara. He's hilarious. They have a good friendship together. Absolutely. They love each other. We love Sunahara. He's great. He's funny. Another group of people that I very much enjoy that are secondary. Okay, they're more like way. They're at the way bottom. The rugby team from oh Full Metal Panic. The rugby team from Full Metal Panic? Yes, I love them. Oh my word. I love them. That's that's one of your favorite secondary characters is just the rugby team? The whole team? rugby team. The rugby team. Yeah. Not even like the exercise club from Mob Psycho that you actually get to know. Oh, I love no, them too. No, just the rugby team. You know what? That's like That's one of my a favorite background episodes of almost. Fumofu. It's oh, one of my, my favorite word. episodes where Sosuke's like, do you guys want to keep being a bunch of losers or do you want to win? And they're like, Mal's yeah. He playbook, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you... If you haven't seen Full Metal Panic or if you've just seen season one, go watch Full Metal Panic and go watch Fumofu. 
it's, it's a good hysterical. show it has some action elements in it but really you gotta love it for the comedy and for the romance so yeah. just go ahead and check it out all of the seasons of full metal panic are great but that one's one of my favorites for sure and the exercise club from mob psycho that's a good one too they're all very nice to mob and they always have his back i really appreciate that there's some good people i can agree with that man there are so many good secondary and tertiary characters out there Maybe like one more, maybe a favorite of yours. I know there's plenty of ones that we're not thinking of right now that we probably may have even loved more than the ones we've already mentioned. Absolutely. But who's maybe one more top favorite secondary character you can think of before we end? Maybe from Science Fell in Love, the pink haired girl. Iberata, she's cool. I really like her. She's a gamer. Mm -hmm. I've always loved gamer characters. She wears kind of Lolita style clothing. She's a college girl, and she doesn't look like a lowly or anything. That's sort of her style. I, I think she's really cool. She's short. I like short girls. She kind of acts standoffish, and she doesn't really care about the situations, and she's kind of snarky. But you can tell that she's only doing that because she loves the blonde guy deep down. Yeah, They've her always childhood been, friend. Yeah, her childhood friend. She's cool. She's I don't know. cool. I agree. I always identify with her really deeply. I'm like, yeah, you got to like come up with some sarcastic comment in this situation. And she's always the smart one that's willing to step up and be like, but you don't have a control. Like, how can you do this without having a control group? And I appreciate that about her. Like, she's willing to stand off and be a background to their thing and just watch it and be entertained. But at the same time, she's willing to get out there and, you know, put in her two cents, which are always correct. My last secondary character, one of the ones I enjoy, Keaton from Gurren Lagann. You know, I always thought that he had a ton of passion for Team Gurren. From the start, I always liked him. Because I always he... liked his sisters, too. Yeah, his sisters were all pretty cool. But I always thought he had that same fighting spirit that Kamina has, you know? Mm -hmm. That, like, belief that things will work out, belief that they can do it. So I just really like Keaton. He's really brave. He's really funny. He has a lot of passion. I always respected that. I always liked that about him. But yes, I'm sure there are many others that we like that we just haven't mentioned today. But for now, that's going to end our segment on secondary characters we find interesting and who we love. And now we're going to talk about the anime we've watched recently. We're just a few scoundrels cruising for hot girls! Yo, fool! What you looking at? So we're going to get into some spoilers at this point for various anime. If you want to check in the show notes for what anime we're going to be talking about and skip to whatever sections you do want to hear so that you don't get spoiled for ones that you don't want to hear, you can just check the show notes below for timestamps on those. So the first one that we're going to start talking about is My Hero Academia, yeah. season four. We finally finished it. The Endeavor chapter. Yep. It's finally over. Woo! Yeah, I still don't like season four that much. No. You know, a lot of other people enjoy it, so take our opinions as you will. Yeah, if you enjoy it, then there's only so many things that are super great in this world. You go enjoy it. We just couldn't get into it. Sorry. I enjoyed being introduced to that hawk guy. It's pretty cool. The hawk guy? Yeah. Okay. He's like, fuck He's He's absolutely <laughs> not like that. <laughs> he never does that. He's a supporting character to Endeavor. He's just like very easygoing, chill. Yeah. Is he the number... Two hero. Two hero now? 
Yes. You got Endeavor as number one. You got Huck as number two now. And they go on a mission to fight Anomu, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got Todd Habercorn as Natsu. Or that random guy who's Endeavor's number one fan. But you know, you know they modeled <laughs> oh, that off Nazi from Fairy Tale because That's he's right. a fireman too. And is voiced in the English dub by the same man who voices Natsu in Fairy Tale. You know that was not an accident. Is it the same way in the Japanese version? I don't know. I don't know if they. Do you think that they just saw a redheaded character and they were like, what if we made this into a joke in just the dub and like in the sub? I wonder if it's not there. I don't know because I bet it's in the sub too because that's very specific scarf that he's wearing, very specific hair that he had. So I would think that they did. I don't know that for sure though. But anyway, yeah, the last two episodes were okay. I mean, the Endeavor fight was cool, I guess. It's just hard when I don't really like Like Endeavor. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if someone else I liked did the same fight, I would have been like, whoa, this is the coolest thing I've seen all season. Or this is one of the coolest things I've seen all season. But since it's Endeavor, I was just kind of. We don't want Endeavor to succeed because we view him as kind of a villain of the series and we don't want Endeavor to be all that great. Are we forgetting that his wife is in a mental hospital for 10 years because of him? But he like drops off flowers. Yeah, whatever. I feel like that whole thing, they're trying to retcon now that it's not important for Todoroki's character development. They're like reeling this back, I feel like. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know. I think that there's an opportunity in the future for this to be good if things don't work out for Endeavor and it shows what being that kind of person can do and what can happen. And there's ways to make this better. But as it is, this is a kind of disgusting almost celebration of a man who really hurt his family and is now Mm -hmm. being viewed as what at the end of the day is a father figure for everybody. I will say, I think I would maybe feel better about it if he had apologized or if there was a scene where he was asking for forgiveness. That doesn't take everything that he did away. No, it doesn't. It's hard because I feel like my hero is trying to be complex with his relationship with Todoroki. Was trying to show that, in my opinion, the League of Villains have grounds to stand on when they complain about heroes because... Here you have the number two hero who's done a lot of bad things, and yet he still gets to be a hero. How come? And now he's the number one hero, and yet now we kind of seem to be glossing over some of that stuff. Like, well, but it's okay because, you know, whatever reason. But I do like that they're showing that he's not the symbol that All Might was, because All Might was a good person. All Might didn't do those same things. Endeavor's never going to be the symbol of hope or peace. I think that's kind of what they're aiming at here. Like, yes, he's he's a strong guy, but I don't think he's ever going to be a symbol in the same way, at least, that All Might was. But we'll see. I mean, it wasn't a bad last two episodes. The fight was, was interesting. I like talk. I just hope season five's better. And I bet it will be. Yeah, the way my friend described it is kind of a setup for things to come, which I can see that. There were a lot of things being set up for the future this season. Yeah, I thought they could have done in like the first half of a season or like the first few episodes and not waste my time. I don't view things that promise you greatness as good as greatness. I feel like you can't ask a question and have that be as cool as answering a question. Like at the end of the day, it's the part that is actually good that's good and not the part that promises that there's going to be something good. Well, and I think too, if this was maybe a season one or two, then I could see how that's okay to do it that way. Like to set things But then up. nobody would watch it. 
Sure, but the fact that this is a season four, I feel like there were things before this that were set up, and now those got pushed away for more setup for other things, so it just feels like I've just been watching lots and lots of setup for random stuff and just getting that, farther away that's from... That's the beauty about seasons one through three is that it always felt like even when they were doing something that isn't absolutely cool for a hero to do, even when it was just slowly building up and training or doing competitions or doing more summer camp kind of stuff it still felt like this incredible anime it still felt really good but this season i just didn't get it. it it just was so focused on parts that i didn't care about at all i'm glad it's over you know i'm not gonna sit here and say i didn't have somewhat enjoyable time watching it yeah togo was in it so <laughs> i enjoyed the small amounts of time where bakugo was there like the episode with the kids with him and todoroki that was pretty good yeah bakugo and togo were technically in this season so it still makes it worth watching 10 out of 10 <laughs> would watch again get um, rid of all that filler with kirishima i didn't yeah. mind some of the episodes with him but it just kept being about the main him. character kirishima i just didn't <laughs> care much for it you can get rid of that guy focus more on toga and bakugo yes agreed or anyone else in the class like ida i missed him but to be fair, Ida did get a lot of episodes in earlier seasons with the fight with Stain and all that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, glad it's over. But I am excited for season five to come out, to be honest. Hopefully it'll be good. Hopefully it'll be better. I bet it will be. I have faith in them. Yeah, me too. So something I watched by myself, the original Legend of the Galactic Heroes, episodes 13 through 15. There's been some good stuff, man. Good stuff. There's been some really cool fights. I've been really enjoying this. You know, it's been harder for me to watch it as much as I would want just because it's subbed and I usually have to do other things while I'm watching anime, like doing the dishes or chores and things. So I haven't gotten to sit down and watch as much as I want of it, but what I have been watching, I've really enjoyed. There's been some great tension from Lohengrom's side. Again, like I said last time, I still feel like it focuses a lot on Lohengrom and his team more so than, than Young's, at least at this point in the series, but just been loving seeing the dynamics between Lone Grom and Kirishai still. That's been really cool. Seeing Yang, he like sits cross-legged on top of the control station in the ship mm -hmm. to make his decisions. So he'll just be sitting there, legs crossed, trying to make decisions. And there was one part, they were like in the middle of war, in the middle of a battle. And he's just sitting there thinking, like pondering random stuff out loud. And somebody clears their throat and they're like, oh, we need to make a decision right now. And he's like, oh yeah, he's so chill. I love him. And we got some interesting episodes that I really enjoyed about how some of the war decisions have affect the people. And I thought that was interesting to see because in the one I watched, the new one, the Dieting with East one, they don't really touch too much on how it affects the people of the planets, the decisions in war, but it was interesting getting to see that. And it was kind of a side story where, you know, Lone Grub's not in it, Yang's not really in it, but it was still interesting because they decide that they're going to take all of the people's food away so that when the Alliance comes, they can't eat any of their food. Mm -hmm. So Lone Grom had planned this to hurt Yang's side. And it also ends up, you know, hurting the people because they don't have anything to eat. They're hungry. The Alliance forces get there. They're hungry. Then they're angry. They want food. And then the Alliance try to, to bring them food. But then, of course, Lone Grom's people shoot down their food supply. I just thought that was interesting seeing how that affects the citizens on the planets and things like that. Right. We, we didn't get to see a ton of that. I've been really enjoying it. I'm glad you've been having fun with it. I know that it's really long and I was worried you're going to get tired of it. Kind of like you get tired of some other anime but like yeah. i'm glad you've been enjoying it over the course of the whole time 
Well, and I think, too, it's been nice because I have a bad habit of just binging stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love doing that, but I do think sometimes because I love to binge so much, sometimes I don't completely take in the anime. Sure. Or I don't remember as much as I could. It's been nice just kind of taking my time with this and watching it when I feel like it, enjoying each episode. It's usually only watch one episode at a time. But. Yeah, it's good to try to enjoy it while you're watching it. We also watched Science Fell in Love. And yeah. as I mentioned before, I really like that pink-haired girl, Ina. She's the coolest. Yeah, we finished it. But also, last time we spoke of endings and how we like it when endings give you what you want. This gave us exactly what we wanted. Yes, thank you. They kissed. They kissed. It was beautiful. Hello? Hello? They kissed? Anybody? Is nobody cheering in the stands for this moment? Yeah, because half the anime we watch, they get close to kissing, but they don't. They get so close, and then they're like, I love fireworks too. Psych! It's all baloney half the time. I just spent six hours of my life watching this 12-episode anime just for them to get interrupted by someone's cell phone, just for them to get interrupted by fireworks, but or this, a friend. This ain't no baloney. No, this is not baloney. This Napoloni. is filet This is right the here. real stuff right here. This is um, Christmas ham. <laughs> this is some Thanksgiving turkey right here. <laughs> That's the real deal. Yeah, good for them. It was such a good kiss too, like outside and there was sunrise and it was just so beautiful and they were in love and they were happy and it was so sciencey. They were like, this is the perfect kiss situation okay but screw that manga lady though the one who likes drawing manga okay they like tried to do this adulty thing like oh i did this for myself and like i'm not going to act like blah 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 this or that and like i i accept my actions and i know that they're not perfect but i need this screw you lady you shouldn't be messing with people like that that's not cool she got him a present and she thought she broke it all and then he thought she was just messing around with him by giving him a broken present and then she was devastated and it's all because of that manga lady manga lady is canceled she's zero out of ten messing with their love life she's the worst but you know what you know who saved the day who who saved the girl she was like um no i saw some shenanigans this is not what happened she's like hey i saw what happened i know that didn't get that broken like something happened beforehand and they got her to admit that she had interfered but i'm glad that she didn't have her break the actual present so that she was able to give him the real present yeah and then now they're in love forever amen perfect everyone better love this anime so it can get a season two because i enjoyed it yeah and this was one of the ones we were looking forward to in 2020 yeah and it actually ended up working out yeah it was good so we also finished b stars then we watched brand new animal bna i gotta say b stars what an incredible anime yeah we watched that all in one day yeah i was trying to find my next animal crossing villager and i just couldn't find it and we spent the whole day me looking for an animal and us watching b stars and i landed on lobo the wolf which is pretty funny Aww. since the main character is a wolf yes, he hasn't he has not fallen in love with any rabbits he's not in love with bunny yet no that's too bad but I did move in Freya after that, who's also a wolf. Oh. So, I don't know. If he hasn't fallen in love with Whitney, my other wolf character, maybe Freya is the one. Maybe. They have literally the exact same personality, so... (laughs) 
So we got, for the main characters, Legacy and Haru. They're the main two. And then there's Louis the deer, who's a pretty big part of the story. So what do you think of Haru and Legoshi's love story? I feel like most love stories start with people who were attracted to each other sort of at the beginning and they fall in love. Like they knew ahead of time that they had feelings of attraction for the person. And we don't see too many stories of people who had already categorized the other person when they met them and were already put in categories by each other early on and yet still managed to fall in love despite those categories and I'm excited to see stories like that because even though the friend zone is a real thing for a lot of people I feel like at the end of the day people can escape their categories of what they are that can be a beautiful thing now do they kind of go too far with it sometimes yeah I feel like you know my what I'm talking about. My body knows what our relationship should yeah, be. Yeah. I'm putting my arm in your mouth. By accident, yeah. By accident. It's my instinct. Uh-huh. That was too much. It, it was a bit much. Like, it's one thing if he bit her arm by accident, but the idea of her putting her arm in his mouth. Like, I can only laugh at that. Right. It's so ridiculous. I thought it made complete sense the first time when they're having lunch together and she's wanting to run away. Yeah. To me, that instinctually made sense because she would be naturally afraid of him. The idea of I know what our relationship should be and therefore I'm going to jump out of bed when you try to approach me like that, that makes make sense. more sense but not like bunnies get eaten therefore i should be eaten therefore i put my arm in your mouth um, that has no grip on reality it just doesn't make any sense yeah i thought they had kind of a cute relationship i like legoshi more than i like haru though to be completely honest really yeah, I thought he I really was like Haru. a sweet, little, nice wolf man. And everybody is just pushing him to be more of a wolf dude. I, I really like Legashi, though, too. Like, he's really cool. He did such a good job at the end where he fought everyone. Yeah. That was so cool. I'm not totally sure that I love the whole her getting kidnapped, him saving her It doesn't really line. make 100% sense. No, but I felt like if you, like, map cool. this onto the real world, the idea of a 17-year-old boy breaking into like basically a human trafficking and mafia house and getting his girlfriend back it doesn't seem very real he did have support from a panda man who was basically just Mei Mei Oshino <laughs> he was a great secondary character I loved him yeah he's just basically like Mei Mei out there being a panda man I liked him he was a cool panda man yeah he had some help but I thought it was a cool way for him to, to shine I liked it and you know to go full wolf because they show him always throughout the series minimizing his strength and not really delving into his instincts and using all of his abilities because he's not dumbing them down but he's like putting them down for others so that he doesn't scare anyone and that was the moment where he showed everything he could do and Haru still seemed to be not scared of him. I thought that was interesting but I don't know if it made sense completely within the storyline but I also thought Lewis was a very interesting character. He's definitely interesting I worry about him though 
I feel like he's wild. At the end, he shoots somebody, and I'm like, whoa, Lewis. I did kind of feel, admittedly, throughout the series, though, that him and Haru were a good match if he just would stop doing it so secretively. I felt like he didn't want to admit that he was seeing Haru because he didn't want to ruin his reputation in some way, but I felt like they both are more complicated, struggle with a lot of the similar things. Okay, I feel like I would love Lewis for being kind Uh of a cool, amazing, strong character, but I'm constantly worried. I guess I've just seen too many anime where people exactly like him are the bad guy. I think he's gonna become the bad guy. Like, you thought it was Jojo, but it was me, Dio! (laughs) A basically orphan guy who gets adopted into a family that's like a really strong family and then becomes the top of the school and is secretly a murderer and only cares about his own reputation deep down. Lewis is Dio. Fight me. No, he's not. Lewis is Dio. He's not. Lewis is Dio. I've said it. I've said it. Whatever. He just wants to be strong. He's Are you tired sure? of people viewing Are you sure? He's tired of people viewing non predators as weak people. He's tired of that and it makes him angry. That's why he's Dio. And he recognizes in himself that he can be not strong, that there are weaknesses that he has, and he wants to fight against those, and he gets angry about his weakness. Well, if he ever puts on a mask and becomes a vampire, you'll know why I called it. (laughs) I don't think that Lewis is going to become a vampire simply because he's a deer, and I don't know how that would work that well. Can only people become vampires? You're just completely blind to the idea? I don't know. No eye deer. (laughs) I got no idea. <laughs> but anyway, as much as I really enjoyed Beastars, I still don't understand what a Beastar is or like why yeah, it matters so There much. was definitely an element of Hunter Hunter here of like, in Hunter Hunter, when we watched it, we were like, yeah, but what's Hunter really? Do they actually do they hunt? Do? do they hunt anything? What's the point? Like, I guess they get a license and then they special things happen, but like they don't really explain what a Hunter is and why they're so respected. Beastar, ooh, he's going to be the next Beastar. What's a, what what's is a Beastar? Beastar they have do? like a thing. They're always in these shows. They're like a, a montage that's like a beast star is the the king of the beast men <laughs> and they they do beast related things and they're like the best and then they never talk about and then it again they never talk about it again and they're like oh he i hear he is doing this because he wants to be beast star oh my gosh do you think he's gonna be beast star do you think he wants to be beast star like okay I bet but Lewis like is why be the next beast star Oh my god, do you think? What if she is trying to like rise to the top and become a B star? Okay, is there a limited amount of B stars? Like does know. only one person in the school get to be B star every 4 years? Could everybody be a B star? Is there only like a B star every year per school? What's the deal here? What what know. competition is this? Is there only ever one B star ever? Is it like a celebrity? Can there be multiple celebrities? That's what I, I feel understand. as though B star was not explained well enough. But I thought it was interesting. I did not think I would like it. I did not think it would be my type of show because I don't really watch that many animal type related shows. But you know what? I really enjoyed it. We benched it all in one day and I had a great time. It pleasantly surprised me. And while there were things that I didn't super love about it, there were a lot of things I did love about it. I thought they all had interesting and complicated characters with real problems too. Like complicated problems too. I I was enjoying myself almost the whole time with that show. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too. I was intrigued. I liked the characters. Good show. Good the, plot. Mm-hmm. The OP was so good too. I love Ooh, that. Ooh, yeah. Like Cowboy Bebop style. The yeah. jazz. There's a remix, a mashup of Cowboy Bebop and that show. It's very good remix. Check it out. So, more animal things. BNA, brand new animal. I like the art style better than Beastars, admittedly. I know that Beastars is more yeah. like inventive, I guess. BNA, the character designs I was more into. I think that Michiru and Shiro are like two of the best design characters I've seen in a while. Although Shiro, his clothes can be kind of boring sometimes, but other times they're like fire. And I I'm like his clothes. I love when he was good and he was wearing a white jacket and then he turned bad for a little while and then he was wearing a black jacket. <laughs> he turned bad for He he definitely had a a bad boy <laughs> moment. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to go side with these people for like five minutes of the show and I'm going to wear a black leather jacket I've been keeping hidden in the trunk of my car. Yeah. You know what you said about the animation? I feel like it's a trigger show. Trigger always hits it out of the park with its animation. The way things look, I always think they do a good job. I liked it aesthetically better. I thought the animation I thought was more interesting. I thought that the moment-to-moment shots, the directing was more interesting. I didn't think the plot was as cool. I didn't think the characters were as interesting. I was disappointed, but BNA, I was cautious because they'll feel betrayed by Trigger because of Promare. So I went into this very cautious and I came out of it kind of mad again, just kind of upset. I feel like Trigger's been letting me down lately. Knock it out of the park visually, always looks cool. Animation's always on point. Directing, always on point. But the stories, I feel like they need to have somebody else write the story or something. To me, the characters and the story were okay. I mean, the wolf guy was cool. I liked him. Shiro, he was probably my favorite character, but even and he- my favorite like, was Michiru, main character. M- Michiru, I liked her. I mean, there wasn't anything necessarily wrong with either of them. It's just that yeah. they weren't super cool either. I had this thought after we watched it. It felt like they took a really good plot line and they almost dumbed it down a little bit. They took all the really hard parts and they softened them almost as if it's a kid show. And I felt like if it were on a kid show network, I would be like, wow, this is incredibly inventive, really cool. The world is interesting. For example, that rabbit lady claims that you're going to find that it's really hard to be a woman in this city. When you hear a mob lady say that, you're like oh man there must be human trafficking or like what what is she talking about but at the end of the day what happens because she's a woman Sylvasta at one point goes you got strong arms for a lady and she's like I don't care I'm gonna be myself well and she's shown a lot to be one of the strongest people around I really feel that much like she's in danger and every time she is in some sort of danger she just develops a new power that we didn't know she had and she escapes it it just felt like if this was more than just the children's show it would have had some deeper themes to it that would have really made you think but instead it kind of just went over things that were cool it was all really cool and fun and interesting it always kept up my attention i was always like "Ooh, what's going on with this what's happening this is kind of interesting this is cool oh another thing i thought was interesting is we rarely see people hurt each other on screen whenever shiro attacks he doesn't brutally murder people he definitely is always completely in control but like he just sort of takes them down without ever getting hit except for the one one time that he gets stabbed through the chest. He had some pretty cool fights, but I felt like for a trigger show, they weren't big or as crazy or as out there as I had thought that they might be. Even Promare had some really like insane fights. And I know that's a movie, so it's a little different, but, mm-hmm. but this didn't have the fights that I was expecting. 
it felt like it was always building up for this big fight moment and then it just sort of happens really quickly and then it's done right i was like really what and compare i know they're totally different really comparing it to b stars like you said b and a feels more like a kid show i felt like b stars touched on some themes that i thought were very interesting and more mature when haru is talking about how since she was a prey everybody would look at her like she was weak or they would look at her like something that needed to be protected or they'd feel pity for her but then she found that if she started using her sexuality that people wouldn't treat her that way or if she was being with somebody romantically they wouldn't look at her as weak and she found power in that and I think that that is kind of a consequence of her feeling that way and that's how it shows up in her actions which you know if you believe they're right or wrong whatever but I feel like that was a pretty complex look into how the way that she's treated leads her to act and leads her to feel whereas I feel like we don't get any complex feelings of Michiru being this beastman and how that leads we, her to act and leads we her to do. feel from when she was a human we do get complex things but again I view this as a children's show there are moments in BNA uh-huh. that make you feel this conflict inside in children's show they do this too they'll have this big conflict in interest but they soften it by resolving it quickly and therefore allowing you to resolve the conflict inside of you and you don't feel that tension anymore and you feel good when you watch the show and with michiru she has conflict like when she lost her wallet her wallet's lost it's gone and she can't prove that she's a human that makes you feel like oh no i can never prove that i'm human am i just going to be stuck as an animal forever there's this tension you feel inside when you think about what it must be like for Michiru but then she just gets her wallet back and she's like look I'm a human and then they're like yeah she's a human and another thing like another example when she's out with that girl who's a dolphin yeah at that party and they put her in that water and it Mm -hmm. hurts her and she saves her I wished we had explored more how humans exploit beastmen or why it's so hard to be a beastman I feel like we didn't explore the relationship between humans and beastmen very much Except that we found out that Shiro thought this whole time that the humans had hurt him and his friends. But then it turned out that it wasn't. It was like a beastman that had gone crazy. So they're sending to me confusing messages about what they want us to think about the humans. Because on one hand, in the beginning, we see Michiru being like hunted by the humans and almost murdered. And then we see Shiro, who has anger for the humans, which is very justified. But then we find out that it was a beastman all along. So I don't know if they're trying to make us reflect and think that humans and beastmen beastmen aren't perfect yeah because we see that michiru was a human and now she's a beastman and obviously she's a nice person so i don't know what they're trying to make us feel with that but i wish there would have been a deeper dive into that so as time has gone on it just feels to me like trigger has been more focused on their themes and trying to make interesting looking art and animation and less on making good stories or making their theme work with their story like in kill a kill the theme is obviously like clothing and the school and and all that but they make it work with the storyline they make a storyline that's interesting they make it fit but lately it feels at least to me like they're thinking up a theme first thinking up an art style they want to do first and then trying to shove a story into it kind of feels like the story is an afterthought i don't know if that makes sense it does but also i felt like bna the themes and the aesthetic makes sense it's just that the execution of the story all of the episodes made sense by themselves but they didn't build up to anything super cool for me i was 
convinced constantly that there was going to be a cool and interesting arc leading up to a climax and it was okay it just wasn't what i wanted really at the end of the day it wasn't anything interesting it not even that it just wasn't what i wanted but it just wasn't really amazing it was good it just wasn't amazing well and then the bad guy is just like this evil corporation guy and i thought that there would be more to it than that but nope he's just an evil corporation guy that ends up being like i don't know a pure Purebred, yeah. Wolf who just ends up being killed by the Silver Wolf. I mean, there was no question either who the Silver Wolf was. Shiro Ogami. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty obvious, at least in my opinion, so it wasn't like. It was obvious exciting. the whole time. Yeah, the reveal of that wasn't exciting. The reveal that the guy who was bad the whole time was a bad guy and secretly a pure blooded beastman wasn't that interesting either. You thought that the mayor was going to be evil. I did think the mayor was going to be evil, and I thought that would have been an interesting thing, but no, they weren't evil. And to be honest, it bothered me that they used the term beastman again, because in Gurren Lagan, which I know that's Skynex, that's not Trigger, but it is, you know, the same people, there's the beastmen, and they're like beast creatures that they all fight against. So I'm like, are you just taking the same kind of idea, but spinning it around and making it different? Speaking of that, I totally predicted that the friend of Michiru, Nazuna, she pretends to be the white wolf because she's a wolf. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, she's a fox. You did. I, I didn't even think about that. Immediately that, was so that she was going to be a fox. Yeah. And I have no clue where that came from. I just knew Michiru is a tanuki and the enemy of tanukis are foxes. So Ooh, I didn't even think that. If Nazuna, who is her friend, you would assume they would not be against each other. But I was like, no, this character is going to be against her in some way during the story. And they're going to have friction. Therefore, this must be a fox. And I called it really oh. early. And I was so let down when she was a wolf. And I was like, man, I really thought she was going to be a fox. I really messed uh -huh. this one up. And then she immediately turns into a fox. And I'm like, yes, I called it. <laughs> I will say I did really enjoy Shiro. He's a cool character. I feel like he had more potential than what they let him be. But I enjoyed him. I like lawfully good characters because that's not me. I don't feel like I'm a lawful good person necessarily. I feel like there's a lot more gray area than what lawful good characters allow for. But I always like lawful good characters because they think in different ways than I do and they think about things differently than I do and they come up with solutions that I would have never thought of. So I always like watching them. I feel like I'm lawful good in real oh, life. Oh yeah, I definitely feel like you are too. I feel like lawful good characters can still think of complex ways to solve problems that aren't just the obvious. Right. But still follow the law and i think that that's what's interesting about them i agree so overall i was kind of disappointed but i mean it's worth watching it's good anime i liked it better than a lot of trigger stuff but also i disliked it compared to the best trigger stuff i liked it more than promare that's just me i did too but i felt like genuinely insulted by promare but you know what i feel like if your favorite anime isn't Gurren Lagann, you'll probably feel a lot less insulted by promare than i do <laughs> sure so i feel like specifically if your favorite anime is Gurren Lagann, that's gonna bother you should we end this and go to another anime or nah um nah um so so let's talk about 
the anime that lost best OP to Domestic Girlfriend. I don't even Promise know if it was, Neverland. I don't even know if Promise Neverland was nominated for any award for best OP in 2019, but it should have been. Na 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 na. na. <laughs> and I love how it starts out with fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I loved this anime. I watched it all in one day by myself. I thought it was great. Then the next day I watched it with you, all of it with you. So I watched this anime twice, all at once, two days in a row. That's how much I loved it. I loved it both times. That was great. I know you didn't feel as strongly as me, but this oh, is my I, first I loved it too. nine anime in a long time. I loved it too. I thought it was great. But what did you like so much about it? I love strategy. I love seeing people in situations that they need to escape from. I know in a lot of these kind of situations, whether it be like a Hunger Games type situation where the idea is they're going to escape. Okay. But I love seeing the process. And for me, this one had so many interesting twists and turns that I just did not expect. And I was always excited by each of them. Mm-hmm. You know, even though this is a, a premise, the, the general idea of being trapped somewhere and escaping is a premise I've seen before. I just thought that this was really unique and the characters all working together were really unique and their personalities were all so different and they thought of things so differently, but then together they were all able to make this work. The ending where Emma and the kids are all just getting up there on the wall and they're using the hangers to zip line to that other side and she's following Norman's plan to the T, even though Norman's not around anymore. And she saved Ray from killing himself because Ray had this whole plan that he thought he was going to do. And Ray's just kind of along for the ride. And I just felt so proud. I don't know. I almost wanted to cry. It was emotional. I'm like, you guys did such a good job. You practiced this. I didn't even think about them practicing all of that escape for that whole time. That was just really cool. And they were so brave. It just made me feel really proud of them. Like, you have Norman, the one who is a strategic thinker. You have Emma, who's very brave and determined. And you have Ray, who's very practical and logical and forward-thinking. I loved the ways that they disagreed, and I loved the ways that they worked together, and you could tell that they all really cared about each other a lot. Who's your favorite kid? Emma. Emma. So Norman is my favorite kid, I think. I, like, went back and forth. I think this. he's beca- going to be the president or the father of the company or whatever. Yeah, because he gets taken away at so. the end. You don't entirely agree with me, but I feel like that's what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to become evil to actually either that or obviously there are breeders of some kind because there are people getting the moms pregnant. So who are those people? I think maybe he'll become one of those guys or they'll use his brain for strategizing for things. I don't know. I'm worried for Norman, but I'm hyped for the second season. Can't wait to watch it. So next we watched Noreen. What a surprise this anime was. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, me too. It was cute seeing the rural side because we always watch anime where they're in like Tokyo or Ikebukuro or, you know, a big city, it seems like. But this one, they were at farm school. It was so cool. It's an anime that never once took itself seriously and it was beautiful. It was like, here's the farming's great four. There's five of them. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, they were like, just forget about that part. It's fine. Just forget it. Oh, man. (laughs) It's beautiful. Every once in a while, I just want to watch an anime. It doesn't have to be great. I just want it to be funny and goofy, knows exactly what it is, and this is what that was. One of the things that I don't entirely love about it is that I thought that Ringo 
yeah. was not all that exciting, and I also thought that she wasn't that interesting as a love interest. Yeah, I'm all for country girl all the way. Yeah, the country girl is really cute. His childhood friend. I thought that their relationship was really interesting, how they like grew up together. He doesn't really see her that way, but at the same time, she is so thirsty for him, but at yes. the same time, like, not... She wants it's to It's, like, love confusing. Him. She, she recognizes that he's, like, a stupid boy and doesn't want to do anything with him. But at the same time, it's like she deep down wants to get married to him. Yes. And they almost did get married. But Ringo, I thought there was going to be more elements that were like, oh, she's this singer and he was obsessed with her. But that's not really what happens. No. That part where she, he's in the pillow and he's <laughs> dancing around. That anime is funny. I was it's wild. Not, it's probably not for kids, I should say no. that. I love his friend. He was just wearing a normal bathing suit. <laughs> and then he has to go do something or go somewhere and he lifts it up over top of his shoulders to be like that bee swimsuit thing he was wearing earlier. It was so funny. He was a weird guy. Yeah, his best friend was weird but very confident. And very just like smart serious kind of dude but I just also, weird i liked how there were other people in the show and they were all like businessy or like they had their own interests and you kind of love them really but like you're wondering about their intentions like all the bad guys quote unquote yeah. just took them on journeys that were really fun and interesting <laughs> i thought it was an interesting development at the end where we learned more about the main character and how he didn't like farming at first and how it took his family away from the city and how it messed up their family because they had a bad season and how much that impacted them i feel like i learned a lot about farming and planting and how fragile some of that stuff is and how much work they have to put into it. like i know people who do farming and who have lived on a farm and grew up on a farm and i hear how much work it is but actually seeing all of the different processes that they have to do for certain things like rice and stuff that was very interesting to watch i feel like i should be more grateful for for my rice yeah <laughs> definitely we should be more grateful for that rice because it looked hard yeah it did it was a fun little anime it was a nice little surprise so i finished golden kamui season one and i've started season two what'd you think you know i didn't want to watch it at first because i was like golden kamui they're like looking for a gold treasure or panning mm -hmm. for gold i was imagining like something akin to a bunch of people by the river panning for gold no I got something way different. The main character, he's an ex-soldier. They call him the immortal Sugimoto because he didn't die during the war. This takes place early 1900s. And then he meets a girl from the Inu tribe, which is essentially, from what I can gather at least, basically people in tribes like you would imagine Native Americans to be in. Something's along those lines. So she knows how to hunt and fish and survive out in the wilderness. So they team up together and hunt for this treasure together. And they found that it said that the treasure map is on the backs of these prisoners, is tattooed on the bodies of these prisoners by another prisoner who stole all the treasure from the main girl's tribe. And it's in this big spot. And Sugimoto wants to find this treasure because his best friend in the war died. And he wanted his wife's surgery for her eyes to be paid for over in America because America had really good eye surgeries and she's blind and she's going blind. Her blindness is getting worse over time and they have a child together. So he's trying to get gold so he could pay for her surgery. Anyway, yeah, it's just about them together. It's, <laughs> I've told you about this, but I feel like it's equal parts cool action survival anime and then mm -hmm. also food analysis anime. 
Really? Like, they'll just eat food, and she refuses to eat miso for a while because she says it looks like poop, so she won't put miso in her food. She refuses until one day she finally agrees, and they eat it, and she loves it. But it's just really funny. Some of the humor is a bit odd at times. I think it's funny. Season one I thought was really cool. The villain in it is, like scary he has this metal plate on his head from where he got shot i think and his eyes around his eye sockets look like they were burnt Mm -hmm. like uh his eyebrows are missing so he looks kind of scary he's a crazy man this guy's like serious crazy he's like smart crazy like not unhinged crazy but anyway so then the other day i started the first two episodes of season two and i was scared they introduce it with this guy who like is an Ed Gein kind of guy, like Bates Motel, Norman Bates sort of dude. And he like is a taxidermist and then he steals people's body parts from the grave and like makes mm-hmm. skin suits for people's body parts. And it's really gross. And it made me uncomfortable. And they have this part that's played for laughs where he just models these suits of people's body parts. And I'm like, why did they do this to me? This came out of nowhere. I was just minding my own business watching this anime and this had to happen. So anyway, I was very afraid. Almost didn't watch the second episode. Didn't help that I was eating breakfast while watching this episode either. But I watched the second episode recently, and now the scary skin man has died in an accident in a tunnel, so I feel like more confident moving forward with continuing watching this. (laughs) But the reasoning behind that was cool. They're making like fake skins of the people who have the map on their back. They're making fake treasure map parts, essentially. So I'm excited to keep watching season two. So another thing we watched, Code Gia, seasons one and two. Yeah, one and R2, V2. C2, R2. D2. D-tard. <laughs> so, yeah. We watched all of Code Geass, and this is the third attempt at watching Code Geass. Yeah, because we started it, and I'm like, I don't know it's it's just, if I'm smart enough for this It was anime. like too much information coming at us all at once. Well, and I don't think we were paying enough attention the first time around, so we had to keep trying a couple times. I thought when I was watching it that I was going to have to keep track of all the personal stuff that was happening keep track of all of the power related stuff and all the people that were being affected keep track of all of the war stuff that was happening all the nations all of the royals and everything was going to tie together so closely and be all related and i was only able to keep track of some of that and it was hard for me to keep track of the war things that were happening because it would just go from one war battle to the next without explaining very much other than like maybe one little tiny explanation at the beginning that was hard to follow it was hard for me to understand why they were doing the war related things that made it hard for me to watch before I eventually just gave up and went with the flow and was like, you know what? I'm just going to accept that they're doing war-related things and try to understand the outcome of each war effort instead of understanding the intention as to why they were doing each battle. Every time I felt like they were doing something new, I'd be like, wait, why are they here? What is the goal here? I still feel like I only understood about 60% of the war-related things. Maybe less, honestly. But I still enjoyed them. It doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed the student council drama. 
Yeah. That was fun. The will they, won't they with him and Shirley. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Arthur the cat. I like how he always bit Suzaku, but then when Suzaku was in trouble, he was like, you aren't hurting my friend. He just leapt out of nowhere and bit somebody to protect him. I thought Suzaku was a good character. He's my favorite. I really like Code Geass. I thought all the characters were really intriguing. They all had really good motivations. They all had interesting destinies. And I felt like the way it all wrapped up was really good. I thought that each element leading up to it in season two was really strong in their execution of of going through each part and having everything that Lelouch planned came to fruition, even if it wasn't exactly how he wanted it to. Every time that Lelouch outsmarted somebody, I was on board and having a good time. I liked when he would predict what people would say in video because he understood <laughs> yeah. their nature. I thought that was such a cool idea. First, he did it with Mal because he was so simple-minded that he knew that he could predict it. But then he did it with the prince, somebody who's not simple-minded. Normally, I would be like really but at the same time i was like this is the finale this is cool i thought that was cool i always loved when he outsmarted people i think my favorite parts were when i felt like he was being very light yagami just like outsmarting people making all these plans up in his head i was a little sad that i felt like we were left out a lot of the planning mm -hmm. like the planning happened a lot in his brain and right didn't tell us so much about it they wanted us to be surprised i think then they wanted us to know necessarily his internal dialogue but i just always love that i love when he was being his sneaky Lelouch outsmarting people's self but I feel like you liked it more than I did. I, I did. frustrated by it at certain parts. I do think to be fair I already knew the ending going in. I already knew Suzaku killed Lelouch. I didn't know what the circumstances were. Anybody so could see like, that was gonna happen. Well but I feel like that tainted some of my viewpoints of it but overall I think that it was worth watching even though I felt a little disappointed by it. Another problem is that people just build this anime up so much. They really do Dude, they talk about it like it's the most genius thing ever or that it, this should be my top 10 favorite anime or something but it's not for me I mean but I thought it was good I feel like the anime is very thematically interesting and I thought it was really yes. good the way that it displays its themes but I think that what's most interesting we always compare it with Death Note I feel like Lelouch and Light have very very similar in terms of how they execute people and how they just sort of run over people without caring about them whatever they're willing to break eggs mm -hmm. make an omelet but the way i feel about them is that one of them is willing to basically sacrifice their life to make the world better and the other one basically wants to take everything from other people as much as they can just because he thinks that they're bad and he thinks that he knows what's better for the world basically one of them doesn't believe in parts of the world and therefore he's going to destroy it and the other one wants to destroy the world and let it be what it is but let it grow itself back up without being distracted by royalty basically i felt like they're both really interesting characters and i love death note i like it better than code geass i think but i thought that you can't 100 percent compare lelouch and light because light at the end of the day i don't think that he is doing this for other people i think he's doing it for himself and i think that he is playing god to make the world what he wants it to be i think that lelouch sees an enemy that is corrupting the world and is just trying to sacrifice himself to rid the world of evil. Light is wanting the world to be how he wants it to be, so he's killing all the people he thinks aren't good enough. Lelouch 
sees people that he thinks are evil and he's trying to root them out. To me, those are two very different things. And Lelouch, in my opinion, still plays God. Even if you sacrifice yourself, you're still playing God at the end of the day. But he's still killing people. Lelouch, I think, actually genuinely cares for people. And if you think about him in the viewpoint, he just wanted to make a better world for Natalie. And that's what he thought he was doing the whole time. Now, I don't know if that really ended up happening. I feel like it did. But she always said that she just wanted to be with her big brother. He made a better world for Natalie. He's dead. But she doesn't want the world. She wants him. That's up for debate whether he did what he it's like when you get somebody everything they could ever want and they play with the box right but you threw away the box but lelouch definitely cares about people i don't think light really did i don't think so not the same way at least that lelouch did i think lelouch really loved people but i think lelouch is the kind of person who like we were talking about earlier with kaiki like he thinks the end justifies the means however we get here is fine as long as we get to where i think we need to be and so i think that yeah of course he still has feelings for people like yeah of course he still loves people he doesn't want to sacrifice people i mean it would have been very convenient for him if suzaku had just died to be completely honest Mm -hmm. in the beginning especially in the first season it would have been very convenient for him but he ordered him to live because he cared about him and he didn't want to lose his friend and it would have been very convenient for him if Shirley had just died but he didn't kill her whereas I feel like Light would have been like bye you know what I mean he would have been like oh gotta write Shirley's name here on this page because she's becoming too much of a nuisance Mm -hmm. you know what I mean he wouldn't have hesitated but at the same time for me I just felt like I had trouble caring about people so much in the anime like I had trouble really feeling strongly about any of the characters it felt like there were tons of them there are so many characters a couple of the characters I did feel strongly about I feel like were Suzaku I really liked Yuffie and I really did like Shirley and Lelouch was cool Colin was cool but I felt like the whole time I wasn't super invested in them as people so it kind of made it hard for me at Mm -hmm. times and I think that's because we didn't delve as much into each of their stories as I really would have preferred I guess I thought it was good I want to watch more of it one day maybe not now yeah I definitely do too I think while it wasn't one of my favorite animes it was still good and I still liked watching it and I think one of the best things to come out of this was that we've been playing chess while watching it so it's been fun and I kept being like lead with your king you can't lead with your king what is he talking about you can't do that in chess but then the specific board setup yeah the position of the chessboard we set it up and it shows that first of all the black pieces were lelouch he's always the black pieces and he is already winning he's like ahead by quite a bit in terms of the position he's got the king cornered and there's just about nothing that white can do he's gonna win anyway he really black should just mop up the pawns on the board and then the game is over Mm -hmm. but you can force checkmate by doing what lelouch did if you find this checkmate basically the knight wants to move to a certain place to box the king in so that the queen can move in for checkmate knight and queen are a very strong combination in chess probably the best two pieces in the game and the knight wants to move there but there's another knight ready to take it if it moves there and if the king just moves forward one spot and protects the knight from being taken then the knight that would take that other knight now is no longer able to take it without also being taken by the king and if the knight's taken by the king then the queen can move in for a quick check and then checkmate one turn later because it's not being protected by the knight anymore and so so in this very specific chess situation (laughs) if the king moves forward and protects a square then the other person can't do anything the knight moves forward and checkmate is achieved 
Lelouch um, is like by the queen. A good leader should lead with their king. He's, he's so dramatic. He's so extra. Because if the king leads, then the knight can go in place, and the knight can follow. Whereas if the knight had gone by himself, he would have died. And that's what he's trying to say. If the king leads, then people in their nightmares can follow. And what do people call chess piece? They call it a horse, a mare, if you will, yeah. a knight mare the black knights hello oh it's all coming together the black knights he leads as the king of the black black knights Knights. it's a very specific chess position but i think it makes sense for this moment it does he leads the knight follows and then and then the queen goes in for the kill i also watched by myself code breaker Ooh, another code code, show so so what's the sequel to code geass about is it about people who are immortal that then no like they they stop being codes over time they have these powers pretty cool actually i thought one of them has these fire powers and every time he fights someone for the most part i got this in my head and i just say it with him every time he'd be like an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth and evil for evil and then he'd like blast them away with his fire he'd like put his hand over their face and fire them away with his blue fire and then there's another guy that's like an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth and a hammer for justice and he can manipulate i think metals and stuff it looks more like he's just manipulating earth when he does stuff but apparently it's more metals and stuff but i had a great time watching it it wasn't the best anime i've ever watched in my life but the powers were fun there's a lot of voice actors in there i liked the girl sakura the main girl she was very um lawful good but i feel like to the point almost where i'm like okay you gotta recognize girl that some people are bad and like maybe there needs to be some punishment here but i got her point she was saying like no everybody's a human being i feel like the first half was stronger than the second half the second half started focusing on things that i didn't care so much about but basically they're a group of people who are fighting who have supernatural type of powers who are fighting bad guys and it was a good watch i had fun don't think i'll show it to you necessarily but, but it was you, good for yeah. what it was. Yeah, it was good for what it was. But if you ever want to just go around going an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and evil for evil, that's the anime for you to watch. Uh-huh. It was, it was fun. Well, to end it off, I know you watched Ensemble Stars. Yes, and lastly, I watched Ensemble Stars. You know, I've been realizing lately that there are a lot of, like, sixes on my anime list, and I've been watching some of them. This is one of them. And sometimes I'm like, why is this a six? I don't get it. Sometimes there might be a good reason. And I think Ensemble Stars might be that reason. That might have an actual reason. I was having a great time in the beginning. I've watched episodes one through 12 so far. And it's, I think, 24, 25 episodes. You know, it's about these boy band guys. They're at this idol school. And they're all these boy bands. And the main girl is there. She's, like, on the production team. And she's the only girl at the whole school. Mm-hmm. And they're all singers. And they're all in these groups. And it's about the drama of their group getting together and they're trying to be the best and they have these festivals where they compete to be the best idol group and the student council is like some of the best best idols and it's all a big competition and you're following the main guys of Trickstar and their group and it's all fun but they start introducing all these other ensemble groups and I'm like I don't know who you are and their singing is not like what I care about that much at all like I've realized I'll watch it and then once they actually start singing I'll just like tune out and do something on my phone which I feel like that should be a part I care about they animate it differently and it looks weird yeah they, they use three uh, 3d animation yeah you've right? seen it you've walked in no i haven't but oh, I'm, okay. I'm extremely familiar with idol shows yeah they, so. they use a different animation that i don't particularly like but they're all like cute together and they're having a good time and it's fun to watch them be competitive if this anime was 12 episodes 
I think I would have been fine and had a great time. But I've been realizing as it's like gone on, I'm like, okay, there's more drama around being an idol. The group is broken up. There's more singing. I don't know. So I'm like struggling to finish the second half here. It's been a long journey. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in a while because I'm like, mm, I don't know. Do I want to watch this? Do I not? That's how I started Golden Kamui. If you have any idea, I finished Golden Kamui in like a couple days and I've been watching Ensemble Stars for probably like a month at least. Right. So I just got to get through it. I've already watched half of it. I'm committed. I want to know what happens to Trick Star. It's just been difficult because I can only take idle stuff for so long. I think it was fun at first and now it's just like the novelty's worn off. Something needs to happen. We'll see. But that's the last anime we're going to talk about for today. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bang.